Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Oh. Eagles fans oh. everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. Put your ball down. Everybody wonders why we're so mean. If I don't eat breakfast, I'm fucking pissed off. Bring that beat back. Time for the Jetro Podcast. It's Friday, August 2nd, and welcome to another episode of the Jetro Podcast. Woo, that new intro is getting me a little bit hyped up. We got some dubstep here kicking. We got Jason Kelsey screaming at us. We had breakfast because uh, B Ford brought us some donuts today. Thank you, so B Ford. We're not pissed off. I've got a little backstory to that, too. Do you? Ooh. Yeah, so I went in and I got two bacon, egg, and cheeses, gave the guy my card. I, had, I found a gift card. I thought there was like $10 on there, and he handed it back. I was like, can you tell me how much it's on there? He just goes, oh, like 39. What? I was like, oh, just throw it out. And he's like, why throw it out? I'm like, there's only 39 cents on there, right? He's like, no, there's $39. <laughs> and I'm like, nice. That is breakfast for a little bit. Who gets a $50 gift card to Dunkin' Donuts? I Apparently no B-Ford. Wow. Well, there we go. I don't there's, know where I got it from. There's the come up. But we got donuts, so we're all feeling good here. Uh, we're at a great time of year. It's starting to cool off just a little bit. We're going to get no, some August not. heat. Yeah, it is, man. Nope. It was like 112 before. It's colder I was, now. just went outside. Now I was it's like cooking. 98. It's way cooler now. Uh, it's basically football season. But another reason we're happy, Phils are in the middle of a three-game win streak. Birds are back in business, and all the reports out of training camp sound pretty good. And no major problems or anything coming out of Eagles camp. Everything is as it should be. We're going to start by jumping in and talking about the defensive side of the ball. If you remember from last week's podcast, we went through the offensive players, gave a little overview of all the positions. And we got a little insider info on Brandon Brooks, which turned out being correct. So we're going to try and give you some more insider info on the defensive side of the ball today. Kev is not in studio with us, but Brandon has replaced him. So we're going to see if he can do a little bit better on the name pronunciation and everything like that. Still not a huge football guy, so we're going to help him out along the way. But me, Nat, and B. Ford are going to run through the roster and go through the birds on the defensive side of the ball. Another talented unit here. Although, B4, correct me if I'm wrong, you did play football, right? I did, yes. And, and you actually got a, a number of concussions while doing it. Yes, I got three. And then I had to stop, and then I started working at Outback, and then I got a fourth. So he had the football knowledge, and then he just might have knocked it out of himself. I had a lot of knowledge, and it's all gone. <laughs> what, a, what position did you, you play? to see it. I was a D-end. I was quick off the ball. Ah, okay, so you might you actually might do well in this portion then. So uh, okay, yeah, we're we're talking defensive side of the ball. Uh, do you want to start us off with DNs, uh, or actually we're gonna start with corner? We're gonna go through what we have roster. I'm going by position, so it's got it alphabetically. Uh, so let's go ahead and run through the Eagles cornerbacks that they're gonna have. Really talented group that we've got here. So I'll do corners, then we'll move on Nat, and then we'll go to you, and we'll run through position by position. So starting with the cornerbacks, this might be my favorite unit on this defensive team because this has been an area the Birds have struggled so much in the past. Uh, it hasn't been since like the 2004-2005 where we had Brian Dawkins back there playing safety and then you had like Troy Vincent and those guys playing in the secondary, just Lito Shepard, disgusting defensive backs. Since then, we've been kind of struggling. We've had our share of guys who can play a little bit, uh, think like uh, Asante Samuel. You know, he can play more than a little bit, but he didn't have much other help. And then you have guys that you totally miss on, like, dare I mention his name, Namdi Asamoah. 
I even hate saying his name. He doesn't deserve to be mentioned on this podcast. But anyway, this defensive back group is going to be a really good one for the Birds this year. And it's familiar uh, names and faces, which is good when you're putting together a unit like this. Uh, Starting from the guys who are going to be starters on this team, you have Ronald Darby, who's coming off an injury. He's undoubtedly the most talented defensive back on this team, just by pure athleticism and his proof of his playing career. But he is hurt, so you've got a couple chances for guys to win the spot over him. We know what Ronald's going to be. He's going to be a great guy. He's had a couple injuries, but he's got that ball hawk mentality. He's a shutdown corner as well. He's going to be great for us once he's back. But in his absence, we're looking at guys like Sidney Jones, Cravon LeBlanc, Rasul Douglas, who could take that spot off him while he's coming back from injury. So starting with my man Rasul, this dude might be the most underrated player on the Eagles. I'm not sure what his career interception numbers are. I have to look this up. But he he picked off so many passes when he was at West Virginia. Every time he's on the field, this guy goes and gets the ball. I think he's more of a safety. I think it's weird that he's still playing corner. He's a hard hitter. He's a ball hawk. And he plays really well just tracking the ball, but he's not great on -on man-on-man. So it makes sense to put him at the safety spot. But I'm going to defer to Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz and their expertise in the game of football because I'm just a kid on a podcast. Either way, he can get after the ball. He's got a real chance to win one of the starting two outside corners positions, even though I think he'd be better at safety. Perhaps a better safety, but maybe uh, after the preseason, like we'll determine uh, whether or not he'll make the better corner or the better safety. Yeah, well, he's getting first-team reps in uh, training camp already at uh, defensive back at outside corner. So he's not really being looked at as a safety right now, and he hasn't been. Doug said throughout his career that they see him as a corner. Uh, then you've got Sidney Jones, who had that uh, Achilles injury coming out of college that allowed him to drop a little bit. He hasn't really been himself quite yet, but he's shown flashes. He's still young. He's coming into his technically his third year, even though it's only his second year actually playing. And even though there were rough spots last year, it was technically his rookie year. He was doing the Ben Simmons rookie year type where he had a year off for injury. I mean, he's got the raw talent that you need. He's got the athleticism. He's got the speed, the leaping ability. So it'll be great to see how he progresses. He has a chance to also win that spot. Finally, you've got Cravon LeBlanc, who he's kind of a wild card. He came out of nowhere last year, became a fan favorite for his rock, paper, scissors in the locker rooms. I mean, if you remember, he had that pick off Drew Brees on the first play of the NFC Divisional Round game down in New Orleans. A huge playoff play for him, and he was solid for us. So Don't underestimate the ability of him to just go out there and make you forget he's on the field, which is what you want from cornerbacks. You want to not notice the cornerbacks because that means they're shutting down the wideouts and doing their job. So those are the guys competing for the starting role. We've got a group that's also looking for some additional reps. Avante Maddox, who split some time at safety last year with Rodney McLeod going down. He's going to no doubt make the roster. The question is, will he be more of a safety or will they look to keep him in as like a nickel corner? And then some other names you may not know. Uh, You're looking at Alex Brown, Josh Hawkins, Jay Liggins, Jeremiah McKinnon. Those guys may be camp bodies. Jeremiah McKinnon does have a brother uh, who's uh, running back for – he was for the Vikings. I forget where he went. Jarek McKinnon is his brother. So he's got that NFL family pedigree. And then you've got Orlando Skandrick, who the Birds just signed and brought in, who's an old veteran who may be able to figure some stuff out. And he's going to fight for a roster spot as well. But so much depth. There's four or five guys who you could see as a starting corner on this team, which we haven't been able to say 
maybe in the last decade for Eagles football. So corner, it's going to be great. We're going to shut down uh, opposing offenses, allow our offense to throw the ball around a little bit. And we'll move on to uh, next we've got uh, DNs. So defensive ends, I'm looking at Derek Barnett, Vinny Curry, Brandon Graham, Deshaun Hall, Sharif Miller, Joe Ostman, Josh Sweat, and that's about it. Okay. Uh, so you got Derek Barnett, who's coming off uh, an injury last year, which it's a tough one for him. Last year was supposed to be a real big breakout year for him coming off of his great rookie campaign win the Super Bowl back in 17. He's still the guy who broke Reggie Miller's sack record at Tennessee. Uh, people are calling him. I saw, I think it was Rasul Douglas had an Instagram up calling him Young Goat. He's a loved guy in the locker room. They really think he's something special, and he's the next young pass rusher who's going to take this defense and lead it from the defensive line. He's got great outside quickness, and he's able to get around blocks. He turns the edge really, really well, and he also gets after the ball. I mean, he recovered Brandon Graham's strip sack in the Super Bowl. It's huge. He's already made big plays. That's one of the biggest things for all these young guys that are on the Eagles defense. Experience is a huge thing, and a lot of these guys are still coming back from the Eagles Super Bowl team back in uh, two years ago. Uh, so Derek Barnett, look for him to have a really, really big year. I'm thinking about maybe nine or ten sacks out of him, which would be huge production, especially considering we still have Brandon Graham, who's going to be lining up on the other side from him. Uh, Brandon Graham... What's even to be said about him? Super Bowl hero, pro bowler, incredible locker room guy, infectious smile, just a great all-around dude to have on your team. You he's pro to bowler? What's up? Pro bowler? No, he's not pro bowler. So like he went to uh, the pro bowl. He's not a professional I got bowler. you. That would have been pretty cool. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Uh, you know, Mookie Betts, uh, the uh, center, was he – no, he's yeah, he's a center fielder, right? No, he's a right fielder for the uh, Red Sox. He was he's kind of a professional bowler, but uh, no, uh, Brandon Graham is not a pro bowler. He is a pro bowler. Now I'm saying it backwards. I gotcha. I yeah. know what you mean. But we know what Brandon Graham's going to give us on the outside. And then you've got depth again. You've got Vinny Curry back in town. He was on that Super Bowl roster. Then he went down to Tampa Bay for a year. Now we've got him back in the fold. Another familiar face that knows the schemes here well, knows Jim Schwartz, works well with the other guys on the line. So those are going to be your main three guys in rotation. Uh, the guys outside that, Sharif Miller, Joe Osman, Josh Sweat, uh, guys like that. I mean, Josh Sweat is a guy who a lot of people are high on. Uh, he's out of Florida State, really athletic, really long. He was a rookie last year, and he didn't get too much time. Uh, he did get some because of injury, but not too much production. But a lot of people still believe in his just raw athleticism and his ability to be a power defensive end in this league. So we'll have to keep an eye on him and see if he gives anything worthy of us keeping an eye on. Uh, and then those other guys are just camp bodies as well. Uh, they may make the team for depth, but it's really going to be Sweat, Graham, Barnett, and Vinnie Curry holding down the defensive end position for the Birds this year. Uh, next after DNs, we're going to go through D tackles. So Okay. So... First D tackle we got Fletcher Cox, Bruce Hector, Trayvon Hester. My grandmother's name is Hester. Really? Her first name or last name? First name. Oh. I've actually never heard that name before. Yeah, me either. We're actually Hester super Ford. southern. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's a cool name. Hester Hester Mor no, it's Hester it? Morgan. Hester, Hester Morgan. And then there's That might be even more Nah, Ford is like a truck name. So yeah. that's pretty southern. That makes me wonder where Trayvon Hester is from now. It says he went to Toledo. No, Hester's his first name. Or her his uh grandma's first right, name. Right, I know, but 
Trayvon Hester. I wonder if that's a Southern last name as well as first name. Nah, I don't think so. I'm not sure. I don't think the last name. It's because you pick the first name. The last name is just like your nationality or whatever, like whatever. I don't think last name comes from like a certain place, but what your first name gets named is definitely like you could have Smith and Smith could be from anywhere. But if your first name is Bubba, you're a Southern boy. That's a good point. That's a thinker. I'm trying to put it all together, but I'll keep going. Got Malik Jackson, Mm -hmm. Tim Jernigan, Hassan Ridgeway. Hassan. Hassan. And is that Kevin Wilkins? There you go. All right. Yeah, so the defensive line, uh, interior linemen now. We've talked about the outside. We're pretty set out there on the starters. If we have Brandon Graham and uh, Derek Barnett out there, we're going to be fine. Interior might be even better. Fletcher Cox is the best defensive player on this team. He's one of the top two or three best defensive players in this league, along with Aaron Donald and Cleo Mack. He may be the best defensive player in Philadelphia Eagles history when everything's all said and done. Can't overstate how ridiculously good Fletcher Cox is. He's just, I mean, the turning point of the season last year was him getting hurt on a fake punt in New Orleans in a big situation, and then they just absolutely tore our defense apart without him there in the middle to block everything up. He's incredibly important to this team. He's going to have another productive year because that's just what he does. He's unstoppable. He doesn't have incredible moves. He doesn't do anything special. He's just bigger and stronger than everybody else. He knows what he's doing, and he just demolishes guys who – he demolishes like six six three hundred guys who are on the offensive line. That's crazy. But he, he's a monster. I've met him in person. He makes me look like I'm five foot one, 109 pounds. It's the craziest thing in the world how big he is. So he's nuts. He's going to hold down the interior. Then we've got Tim Jernigan, who's a productive guy on the defensive line. Great interior lineman, great run stopper, who's back. Uh, finally, everything, who's back. It's ironic I say back because he had all those back problems. But he's returned from injury, and he's all good to go. Uh, everyone's high on him, so we're going to have him back. He was a big part of our Super Bowl roster back when we won in 17. I feel like I'm saying that about every single position, that we have big parts of that team back, which we do. And then you've got Malik Jackson, who we acquired over the offseason, free agent signing, who's another guy just like Jernigan. It's like, why did his team let him go? He can be productive. He has been productive. He's got the ability to be a plus defensive tackle. And now he's a part of the Philadelphia Eagles. And not only is he a part of the Philadelphia Eagles, he's either our second or third string defensive tackle. Normally you've got one plus defensive tackle on a team. Then you either have to run three down linemen and stack linebackers, or you have to put uh, a subpar defensive tackle out there if you're going to run 4-3. But, I mean, the Birds don't have that problem. They have so much depth here. Then you've got those guys who are going to be backing up, taking up minutes uh, outside of Malik, uh, Timmy, and Fletch. So Hassan Ridgeway, uh, Kevin Wilkins, Bruce Hector. I mean, those are guys that they're going to be fighting for the last spot. I think a little bit of edge goes to Hassan Ridgeway. He's been around a little bit more, um, has a little bit more experience in the league. Bruce Hector and Kevin Wilkins will either be practice squad or cut, unfortunately, for them. But it's a good spot for the Birds to be to have three guys who are – probably top half of the league defensive tackles. It's a great position to be in. Uh, that's probably the strongest point of this Eagles defensive unit is their interior defensive lineman. Uh, now what's probably the weakest, if they do have a weakness, uh, is going to be the linebacker position. 
So linebackers, we still have Nigel Bradham back. He was on that Super Bowl team, had an incredible year that year that helped carry us. Uh, but we got Zach Brown as well from the Redskins, not a uh, musical performer, Zach Brown. Uh, shout out my country music fans out there. He's great too, but this Zach Brown, a little bit better at linebacker, a little bit more important to the Eagles season uh, than the country music star. And he's a guy who, when we played Washington, I don't know if this is just me and because that name always stuck out to me because I like country music and I just recognize him more. Dude makes plays. He's not that old. Uh, he's one of those guys where he just ran his course with the Redskins. But, I mean, man can make some impact plays. Big, strong guy. Pretty durable. He's going to be another good guy to have out there to just add to the depth that we have, especially since Jordan Hicks is uh, no longer with the team. Uh, then finishing out the linebacker spot, some of these guys who are going to be backing us up, TJ Edwards, uh, LJ Fort, Nate Gary, who's been around, Camus Grugier-Hill. Who, Camus going to have a starting spot. He's going to be one of the outside linebackers. Uh, then you've got Alex Singleton, Paul Warlow, who's going to be uh, one of the special team guys. LJ Fort, Warlow, Nate Gary, they're all going to split time backing up Camus. Um, Nigel and uh, Zach Brown but it's again good depth it's the same thing in every position these guys can all play they all have experience none of them really are too injury prone Jordan Hicks was that guy and he is no longer with the bird so we don't have to worry about that anymore unfortunately I do think he was a great talent but we have guys that can play and as long as Nigel Bradham doesn't try and sneak any more guns through the Philly airport or get suspended for anything else stupid we're Good to go at the linebacker position. Um, the only other thing we got here is uh, safeties. You want to run through safeties, Natty? So safeties, I'm looking at Blake Countess, Trey Elston, DeAndre Hall, Malcolm Jenkins, Rodney McLeod, Andrew Sandejo, yep. Trey Sullivan, and that's it for safety. Yeah, this is a group where this is the only one where depth is kind of in question. But the good news is the two guys that we have it's starting for us, maybe the best one-two safety combo in the league. You've, of course, got Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod, who've held it down for years now for the Birds. They're staples in this defense, and even though Rod was hurt last year, he's coming back off that injury. Should be all right to go for the season opener. So we're going to go ahead and hope, cross our fingers, knock on wood and everything, that those guys stay healthy. Malcolm's working with uh, – Hasn't gotten a new contract yet, but he did report to camp. He deserves to get paid. He may still get paid. He should still get paid. But he's playing, which is what you expect leaders to do. You expect him to show up, and he's going to show out like he always does because Malcolm Jenkins is the absolute most professional guy on this roster. And Rodney McLeod is just one of those guys who may seem forgotten just because Malcolm's so outspoken and good and a team leader, but he's solid. You never hear about anyone burning Rodney McLeod or him making mistakes on the field because these two just work so well together and having him back will be great. Uh, one of the upsides of him going down last year is guys like Trey Sullivan got experience playing last year and actually got into the games. So he's a competent backup. And then you've got a guy, Anderson Deo, who he's a little bit older, but he spent a lot of good years out in Minnesota. My brother, who's a Vikings fan, hates him and says we're going to end up hating him. But he said the same thing about Jimmy Butler, which uh, – not to go too deep into Jimmy Butler leaving, but when he was on the court for the Sixers, I didn't really hate him. So we'll see what he puts together. But he's a guy who started for years in this league, and he'll be able to give us good backup minutes. The rest of those guys are just guys who are going to fill out the rest of the roster, play some special teams time. But between 
Sullivan, Sandejo backing up McLeod and Malcolm Jenkins. It's one of the better one-two punches in, of safeties in the NFL still, even though McLeod and Jenkins are getting a little bit older. And, I mean, they'll be able to hold it down no problem. we got no worries about the safety position. I guess the name of the game on defense is just depth. We don't have incredibly crazy talent at cornerback or at linebacker. Even at the end, none of those guys are top, top-tier guys, but there's no weak spots at all. Everyone's going to hold it down. Everyone has experience, and everyone is more than competent enough to play their position, which is what you need in a defense, a unit. It's a lot more important to have a team with no holes than it is like on offense to have one or two playmakers who can just bust it open. So another good year from the Birds defense, Jim Schwartz, same defensive coordinator, so we're keeping the ties there. It's going to be his third year with the team since he got brought in in 2017. Nothing to worry about. Right, and comparing this to the Super Bowl winning Eagles. Part of what made the Eagles so dominant was they didn't even necessarily have the best defensive depth, but they were still able to hold down the other team's offense to help the Eagles get those blowout wins. So this team, even though we don't have the best defensive depth yet again, the offense is so stacked that I think that's going to get in the mindset of the defense. Hey, we don't have to be the best. We just have to be good enough to help our guys win. No, but we do have great defensive depth. I mean, we've got guys at every position who could start on another NFL team, every single one. There's guys at linebacker, defensive end, defensive tackle, safety, corner, that could start on any other, not any other NFL team, but that could start on other teams, and they're backups on the birds. That's great because you know injuries are going to happen, and we've got those guys that can fill out roster spots and fill out positions and continue to carry this team if someone goes down. There's nothing at all to worry about with the Birds defense. There's really nothing at all to worry about with this team. If you're a Birds fan, you got to be so excited for end of August to roll around. Well, I guess it's early September is our first game against the Redskins. But, I mean, guys, we're going to wrap up the Birds talk here. But tomorrow night, there's NFL football. The Hall of Fame game is tomorrow night. Real NFL football plays tomorrow at 8. That'll be yesterday at 8 when you're listening to this on Friday. But still, it'll be football season by the time this comes out. Officially football season football being played. So we made it. We're back. Made it through the uh, long winter and a little bit of the summer. So it's good to go. And we'll continue the Eagles talk as we watch for uh, their first preseason game. The Birds' first preseason game is Thursday, August 8th. So that's next Thursday. The Birds will be playing football. That's preseason. When does the actual season start? Uh, the actual season is another month from then, so week one is going to be Sunday, September 8th, exactly a month. And that's the Washington Redskins in Philly at 1 o'clock. Just a little quick preview, and we'll get way into previewing all these games as we actually go through. Uh, the line when the Birds Redskins open, 8.5-point favorites for the Birds, the biggest differential of any opening week game in the NFL. So the Birds are the heaviest favorite in the NFL for their home opener, which is a good sign. And that week one preseason game, we'll talk more about it next week to give it a little bit of a preview, but that will be with the Tennessee Titans. And that will be at the link. So if you guys are going to be down there, uh, make sure you enjoy that. It's going to be good to be back out there and hopefully a big crowd at the link. Uh, That's all we got for Birds football. We're going to be talking a lot more next week, but... The good news is the Phillies gave us something else to talk about, too. Yeah. They've been playing really well. They've won three straight. They swept the Tigers in a shortened two-game series, and now they are 1-0 and up on the Giants in what's a pivotal series midweek here. And that, they at least got one win off the Braves. So uh, in terms of 
weeks before that, they're looking really good right now. I mean, the biggest thing is they just, with the Braves, the season series with them is still at 500. They've won as many games against the Braves as they've lost. The problem is, in division, they're trending downward. The Braves and the Nationals, they have trouble with. That's not going to help them pick up games. You need to win those series in order to make up ground in division. Right now, they're currently sitting in a wild card spot, so they are a playoff team. But to win the division, you can't lose two of three to the Braves and two of three to the Nationals or get swept by the Nationals every time you play those guys. You have to start winning those series. But all we can do right now is play the opponent in front of us. Right now, it's the San Francisco Giants. We'll talk about that in a second. I do want to recap a couple moves that the uh, Phillies have made. Before we do that, this is killing me. i got to crack my neck real quick. Do oh, it. Do Jesus. it. Oh, my God. I love it. Oh, you went both ways. Jesus Christ, dude. Carry on. That's easily going to be a video clip. It gives me the chills every time. Sorry about that at home, guys. Had to crack his neck. He is okay. That doesn't kill him. Surprisingly enough. No, I'm still here. So the Phillies did make a couple moves so far. We're recording this right now. It's 1146 on Wednesday. The trade deadline isn't for a couple hours, so they could make another move. The big ones, we acquired Jason Vargas. From the New York Mets, who, if you remember, tried to fight a reporter earlier this year in a post-game interview, which is great. Seems like he's a really good locker room guy. It's great to have him around, so I can't wait to... One of my life goals now is to be punched by Jason Vargas. So we're going to try and get to a high enough level where we can interview him, and then hopefully he'll want to fight us as well. What? So what? how are you going to get him to punch you? I mean, he just wants to punch anybody for any reason, apparently. The reporter was just asking him questions, and he just wanted to hit him, I guess. I, I don't know. I saw the clip. I didn't really listen to it too well. Point is, he's trying to fight media members. Um, Speaking of baseball players fighting, should we go into the fight that occurred last night? or Let's get through the Phillies first, and then we'll go into that. My biggest hope is that somehow Jason Vargas and Howard Eskin get in like a rough and rowdy fight in the Phillies locker room. That would be peak performance out of him. I guess we'll settle for what he's done over the past, I guess it was 12 starts, where he's got like a three and change ERA. So jokes aside about him fighting reporters, Jason Vargas is a guy who's better than probably four-fifths of our rotation right now. He's going to be a guy that adds a little bit of depth to the rotation, so we have another guy who can go out and give us a quality start at least. He's not one of those guys that wins you a World Series, but he doesn't hurt the team, and we gave up absolutely nothing to get him. So that's a great move for the Phillies to bring in more arm depth. Then you have Drew Smiley, who just threw last night. We already talked about him being acquired. Dude's won his first two starts. He didn't get the win in his first start in Pittsburgh, but he threw well. And then last night, he just went seven shutout innings, even though Nick Pavetta tried to blow it for him. Uh, Drew Smiley has looked like a guy who we could really get behind here in Philly as a starter. So you look at the rotation now. Going into the playoffs, it's starting to seem a a little bit more, I don't want to say formidable, but competent. So you start off with Nola. Then you go, I guess, Jason Vargas, then Smiley or Arietta, but between those four guys, and you're going to shorten the rotation to four guys when it comes to playoff time. Those are four guys that have been around. They have experience. Aaron Nola doesn't have playoff experience, but he's your best arm, and he was third in Cy Young voting last year. Dude's got nuts of steel. He's going to be all right, and he doesn't ever let the moment get too big for him. Rotation's taking shape, and if those four moves make sense the rest of the way and continue to develop and Jason Vargas continues to throw well and Drew Smiley continues to throw this exceptional ball every time he goes out and pitches 
We're going to have shots at playoff series. Need the offense to wake up more, uh, but right now we're trending in the right direction. We also did just make another move that I saw. We signed a guy who was in the, uh, I think he was in the Twins minor leagues to a contract. Uh, what's this dude's name? I don't know why we're signing minor leaguers. Yeah, Blake Parker. He's He spent time. He's thrown in like 37 games in the major leagues this year. So he was just getting sent down, and he opted out of waivers to try and go for free agency. I don't know. He's another one of those that doesn't hurt. It adds a little bit of depth. It's not anything sexy, but it's going to get our team a little bit closer to where we need to be. Yeah, not as big as the Vargas move or the Smiley move, but these are moves that are being made to improve the team. I like Smiley and Vargas as the number two and number three guys as opposed to Arietta as the number two guy. And keep in mind, Smiley and Vargas, like, are they having their best years? No, but they're coming from terrible teams. Vargas came from the Mets, who are terrible. And then Smiley came from the Rangers. They were 15 and a half games out of first place in their division. So to this lineup, they could add some really good chemistry and really at least the way I see it, a much better starting lineup. Yeah, it's crazy how your mindset can change when you go from a team that's absolute no shot of doing anything to a legitimate playoff contender. So these guys have woken up. They've proven that they want to be here in Philly and they want to help us compete, which is great. Uh, we'll go against the Giants again tonight and again tomorrow night. So you look at the Philly schedule the rest of the way. We've got these three against the Giants, three against the White Sox at home. Then we go out to Arizona. Arizona's a good team, but they're not a great team. We have three against Arizona, and then we go to San Francisco to see the Giants again for four. That stretch, I could see us winning, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, because four against the Giants. I could see us winning seven or eight of those next eleven, which would be huge for where they stand right now. This is a good stretch of the schedule. It's a big stretch for us to really, really make up ground, and we have to figure our stuff out because if we don't make up ground here, Go see the Cubs next. We get a lot of division. There's not a lot to make up that leeway. Well, the good news is that they're they're tied with card with the Cardinals for that second wild card spot, and they're only half a game behind the Nationals because they lost to the Braves last night. Mm-hmm. So this is a great opportunity for them to make up ground right now. Yeah, one hundred percent. This is where they need to do it if they're going to do it. This is the time to make that late push as we're leaving July and going into early August. Because where you stand at the end of August is most likely where you're going to finish. A lot of teams, water finds their level. And if you're hot going into August, so you get hot in September, most teams you see ride that. If you cool off, you got no shot. So we got to hold it together down the stretch as we come into the last month and change of the season, or two months rather, of the season, and hope that the Phillies continue on this slight winning streak that they've started on. Get hot at the right time, anything could happen. And then we'll jump into some other news around the baseball world because this is just something that Nat brought up earlier, but you don't see enough of in baseball anymore. I wish people fought more. I wish it was more like hockey because all this stuff, throwing at somebody's head when you throw high 90s to 100s this day and age, you've got guys on every team that throw 100. Throwing at people intentionally where they can't defend themselves, especially like up and in on guys, cowardly, it's ridiculous. I wish they would just throw hands it's a lot not only is it safer because no one actually gets hurt in baseball fights they don't actually hit anybody it's just a bunch of shoving but it allows the league to police it better it allows them to hand out suspensions it allows them to get everything out in the open it forces them to act yeah exactly and you don't have stuff brewing over it most times you brawl it's over 
that way you could take out the extra component of people throwing at someone and then waiting another day and then someone else getting thrown at and then fighting over it. So what we're, of course, talking about is the fight between the Cincinnati Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates last night. There are levels to unpack with this one. But what we have, if you haven't seen the video, which it's been all over the place, it's the Reds and Pirates. The Reds are in the middle of a mound visit. The score's 11-3 Pirates. So the Reds are getting their shit kicked in. Obviously, they're not happy with what's going on. They're not happy with how the team's playing. They're at home. They're getting embarrassed in front of their own fans. Was it at home or was it in Pittsburgh? It was in Cincinnati. Yeah. They're at home getting embarrassed in front of their own fans. And uh, pitcher Amir Garrett's out on the mound for the Reds. He's arguing with his coach. And all of a sudden, I guess the Pirates dugout starts chirping at him. And he turns and just takes off by himself and charges the dugout. I've never seen that before. I've never seen a dude charge the opposing team's dugout, especially a pitcher just coming off the mound, going no backup, no protection, just going after. And he starts throwing haymakers at like a group of like four guys out in front of the dugout. I think he got one of their coaches, it looks like. It's wild. I, I didn't know if it was like guys who were like players who were off and just had windbreakers on, but it's him. I'm looking at a picture right now of him surrounded by like five or six guys, and he's got a right hook cocked back, and he comes in throwing haymakers. And then the next level of this unpack is the guy that you see coming in and really the next guy you recognize in the fight who makes any type of headway. And that, of course, is the crazy horse, Yasiel Puig, who just comes flying in. Now, normally, it makes sense. Puig is one of those guys, he's always down to fight. He'll drop the gloves with anybody. Throughout his career, he's always been in the middle of any type of tussle that his team's been in. Here's the problem. His team wasn't there. He had gotten traded like 20 minutes before this fight. He got traded to Cleveland. So he's on another team. He knows he's on another team. And he's going out. He's like, ah, screw it. I'm going to go out on top. I'm going to leave a lasting image in Cincinnati. I'm going to go take out the entire Pirates because screw it. I'm not on this team. Now, if I'm Terry Francona and the manager of the Indians and the Indians who, you know, uh, GM who just traded for him, I'm sitting at home watching TV like, what the hell did we just trade for? We just traded for a dude who's throwing haymakers over in Cincinnati right now. He's getting suspended before we even get him on the team, which that'll be interesting to see how that works if they're able to like maybe keep the player they traded him for until his suspension's up from this because he was ejected from the game. The other interesting part about it is who he was traded for, though. Traded for Trevor Bauer, who, if you saw that video, his last act as an Indian was taking the ball as his coach was coming out, as his manager was coming out to take him out of the game, turning and just throwing it over the center field fence. And then getting screamed at and getting sat on the bench. Yeah, and a nice little talking to, like you give a kid in Little League when he's like crying and pouting after a game. So you've got one dude who's throwing a baseball into the stands and getting yelled at by his manager getting traded at four by a dude who 20 minutes later gets in a fight for his old team against another team. That's an all-time trade deadline move right there with what's going to be one of the lasting fighting images of the past couple decades in the MLB. That was a good one. Who was it he got traded to? So he got traded to the Indians. He got traded to the Indians. Yes. That's a great acquisition for them because as his last act – as a Cincinnati Red, he 25 minutes after being traded, he goes out and does that for him. You know, 
I'm watching that game, and if I'm you know the head of the Cleveland Indians, I'm looking at that. I'm going, imagine what this guy is going to do for us compared yeah. to what Bauer did in his last game. So yeah, see, I've always been the dude at the bar. If I see like a fight, like or someone arguing or something. I think fights are stupid. I think they escalate. I think other people can get dragged into them. So I always try and break them up. If I have to, if I know anybody at all involved in it, I'm stepping in and, like, trying to calm everyone down so punches don't get thrown. Puig's the guy where, like, a punch gets thrown at the bar once. He doesn't have any say in the fight. He doesn't know anybody. He'll just come in off the street and just start hitting anything and everything that moves. Love it, man. He's always down to throw hands, and you got to respect him. He's not scared of anybody, and why should he be? The dude's an absolute monster. So cheers to Yasel Puig and Trevor Bauer with some of the most incredible last moments on the team in the history of baseball and one of the better fights that we've seen in the past couple of years. Puig red jerseys have probably spiked at this point just because of that. Yeah, you're going to have to hang on to those if you're a Cincinnati Reds fan because he's an absolute legend in Cincinnati after that one. Maybe the first player in the history of baseball to get in a fight between two teams, and he wasn't on either of them. So cheers to making history, Yasiel Puig. Um, That's really all we've got around Major League Baseball. We do have the trade deadline like we were talking about earlier, so if the Phillies do make any other moves, We'll go ahead and either get that live while we finish up recording here, or we'll get that to you on next week and break that down. But we'll keep an eye on the Giants and the White Sox series and hopefully have a couple more wins to talk about when we talk baseball next week. And then we have the Sixers. Uh, Again, the only Sixers news that's coming out of this offseason is about one man and his left and maybe right arm and deciding which one to use. And Ben Simmons is still out here hitting jumpers. This time, a little step-back fadeaway three. People are still critiquing his form, especially like national guys. Have you seen the video? I'll do it for the people on Twitch. His left arm. So he's got his right arm. His right arm's cocked in like this, like normal shooting form. His left arm is out like kind of chicken winged, but he's shooting lefty. So it's almost like he's great form for the side that he's not shooting, which is going to prove everybody's point that he looks right-handed. Either way. It's going in. That's all that matters. He's shooting them. It's going in. Don't mess with Ben Simmons. Don't get in his head. Stop talking about it. Stop talking about his form. All you people up in Boston, all you other NBA truthers, anyone who's worried about shot form for Ben Simmons right now, you're an idiot. Enjoy the fact that he's shooting threes. And I think everyone in Philly, this is talking nationally, everyone in Philly, though, loves it. Nothing but great reviews and great reactions. The NBA's on notice. That over for those 23s is looking pretty good, Nat. Every day, he's hitting another one, hitting turnaround jumpers over NBA players. And we're just grasping at grainy internet videos because we don't have any other Sixers news and we don't have anything like that. But this is a developing story that shows Ben Simmons is going to be a three-point shooter this year. What was the over you put? You put over 20? Yep. How, how much over 20? Uh, oh, that's a good question. I wouldn't go above 50, but I could see anywhere between like 30 and 50. That's where I'd look for him to be this year. Out of 82 games, that could happen. Yeah, I mean, ideally it's more than that. I'm just being cautious because we potentially thought this coming into last year and he didn't work on his jumper at all. Now, he's making a point, and you know Ben Simmons, like, These videos are leaking out. It's not him really posting them. They're coming from other players or things like that. You know Ben's got a guy 
He's like, yo, as soon as I go up to shoot a jumper, have every camera in the building on me, get these videos out there on social media to show these idiots on Philly Sports Radio that I am practicing my jump shots. So whether he practiced them last year or not, he's definitely making sure that we know he's doing that. And, I mean, we hear you, Ben. We see you, Ben. You're working. Hopefully it pays off in the season. But continue to put out these videos of hitting jumpers. Everyone's talking about it, his form and everything, because they're scared. They're terrified of Ben Simmons with a jumper because that means the Sixers are NBA champions. And they have every reason to be scared. I mean, who else Who else is going to be their competition in the East, at least this year? Other very than, few yeah. teams, very few. Other than Milwaukee, nobody. And Milwaukee does not have a good enough starting five to compete with this team. So, yeah, good spot for the Sixers to be in right now as long as Ben stays healthy and continues to shoot threes. We are good to go. Uh, and then you wanted to talk about, uh, there's not actual real hockey news, but Chell came out? Yeah, so the latest, uh, the official NHL beta came out. Now, what's weird about this is that the beta is eight weeks old, and they've already patched it up. So technically, we're playing an older version of said beta, which is weird, but I love it. I didn't try the World of Chell mode. I didn't try the Ones mode. I only played Versus. Compared to how I normally do in versus, I dominated because what the beta did is that it took the scoring opportunities you got in 17, the high offense you were able to produce in that game, and the strong defense you were getting in NHL 19, blended the two together so you have a great, tremendously balanced game where not only were you able to get strong defense, but you also had tremendous scoring opportunities too. And I love that because 17, there was absolutely no defense. 19 there was no scoring and this game is like tremendous balance for offense and defense so I really love where this game is going uh normally in 19 I I, I put, had to put versus down because I was just doing so terrible the only thing that was bailing me out was defense I wasn't able to score at all that game uh, I sucked at NHL 19 my rank the last time I picked it up was like 16,000 and that was like back in October and November when the game first came out for the beta, guess where my rank was? Where? Top 300. Oh, shit. Yeah. So we have a top 300 in the world NHL player here on the podcast. If you like the scoring in 17 and if you were big on the defense in 19, you're going to love NHL 20 with what they've done in the beta. The only problem has been the passing. And if you're stable to get uh, one-timers off the slow passing, once they're able to patch that up, you're going to score a lot more in 20. So... We'll see how it goes. I have high hopes for this game. Great to hear. So if you're a Chell guy, I got to get into that because a lot of my buddies play it. I never played. I'm more of a FIFA dude myself. But it uh, sounds like the beta is looking good. And when does the game actually get released? You the know? game gets released in September. Okay, so keep a lookout for that. We're not sponsored by them. But, uh, I mean, keep a lookout for Chell, and we'll maybe uh, let you get an ad spot if you send us a couple copies of the game. So I know we hopefully, have a lot yeah. of high-level like video game executives that listen to the podcast and are friends of the podcast. So hopefully they're listening to this particular episode. EA Vancouver, send JetroPod a couple copies. Yeah, I know EA Vancouver is definitely they're a main subscriber to our podcast, so I'm sure they'll go ahead and give us a ring here and give us a couple copies. I gave you great reviews for the beta, so. Maybe at least give us like a dollar off or something if you somehow hear this. We'll, we'll tweet it at you or something. While you're at it, maybe send me a copy of the new Modern Warfare. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't think that's EA Sports, though. It's not, but they probably have some pull. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you think the modern, the new Modern Warfare game is going to be, by the way? I, I, to me, this could be one of the best Call of Duties yet. 
I don't like to look into it too much. I like to get the game and just be like, hey, this is all new to me. You the know, one thing I've heard so far is that when you go to like zoom in or something, it's like really slow. And there's a lot of controversy about that. That's not good. People are realistic, but it is. Yeah. So no quick scoping. Exactly. Let's go. <laughs> I hate quick scoping. I hate it. If I get quick scope in Black Ops one more time, if I come around the corner of Black Ops Four and I'm just getting my head taken off. It's ridiculous. I can't even see people because I'm not good at this game. And before I even notice there are a person standing there, I'm dead. I gotta show you. He's the best sniper in the world. No, he hits L2 and R2 the fastest in no, the world. No, no, no. not the it's, best sniper in the world. His, Bradley his Cooper, an American sniper, is the best sniper in the world. Well, he was. RIP. Okay. Go ahead. The, the best Call of Duty sniper in the world is Optic Sprat. Actually, I don't even know if he's Optic. He might be on phase right now. I'm pretty sure he's Optic, though. Hmm. But I'll show you a video. He just dropped a banger. I'll show you it afterwards. I hate Quick Sniper. <laughs> Dang 360, no scope, 420, blaze it. Uh, so we're going to do something real quick before the fact check. Uh, just on the fly, because we were talking about sponsors and things like that. I do think we should get into like trying to get sponsors onto the podcast, just because I think it'd be interesting to be able to do a couple ad reads. Exactly. Give our listeners something to hear about. For anyone listening, we're on Anchor right now, and Anchor allows us to do sponsorship reads. So... That, and we can be flexible with you. Uh, we can add new sponsorships to certain episodes if you want to do that for you. So we're able to go back to our previous episodes and add a sponsorship in. Yeah. So, Yeah, uh, but we're going to step on some toes right now. So sponsorship, good. What we're about to do, not great. We're going to steal a segment from another podcast. Uh, so pardon my take, does Mount Rushmore's. We're going to steal this directly from them. Not even going to pretend like we're not. On the fly, Mount Rushmore of sponsors we could have for the podcast. We'll go snake draft, starting with Brennan. Hold on. Explain to me what Mount Rushmore is. Your top four. Okay. Do you know what Mount Rushmore is? Yes, okay. Yeah, okay. I just didn't so understand the Mount, concept. Mount Rushmore is four presidents. Thank you. And we're picking <laughs> I, the, I know what it we're is. We're picking the top four of a given subject. It's top four of? Of sponsors you would want to have for the podcast. Okay. You're going to start. It's a snake draft. So it'll go you, then Nat, then me. Then me, Nat, you, around for four rounds. Okay. Okay. I got one. Okay. It's uh, it's called Glitch Energy Drink. It's by my favorite YouTuber, Wildcat, and it's like you know G Fuel, like the face stuff. It's like a it's like a gamer energy drink. It's supposed to be like actually like really good for you. It doesn't tire you out, stuff like that. But it's supposed to boost you, boost your energy. Okay. And it's Glitch Energy Drink. Brand new product just got released. Is it FDA approved? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm down with that. Glitch energy drink. So the one I got is Eagle Energy. So Are we all doing energy goddamn drinks? Yes. <laughs> it's not an energy drink. It is a caffeine vape pen. What? Eagle Energy. What they do is that instead of making uh, vapes with nicotine in them, they put caffeine in them. So it's a great replacement for a cup of coffee, tea every morning, uh, as opposed to like, you worrying about making it or having to go to like a place like Starbucks and like and wait to get your coffee. These are great for on the go. Uh, you don't have to worry about all the side effects of drinking coffee. You don't get the jitters or anything like that. You get the perfect amount of energy from these caffeine vape pens. I love them. Uh, I really got to get back to them. I got to get some more. And they're great. I heard about them on Spit and Chicklets. So, yeah. Thank you, Paul Bissonnette, for 
How the, the tired Eagle are you guys that the first two sponsors out of any sponsor in the okay. world is an energy drink and an energy vape pen? I mean, I'm a I'm a coffee addict, so I, I personally don't drink any caffeine. So I I mean just I I like the oh thing about glitch energy there's no caffeine but it's still it's like all it's it gets rid of all well, the maybe we know, side effects if we do get this either eagle energy or um what was it glitch energy let first thing we do we send a case to kevin's house so we can actually make it in <laughs> and not be too tired to come to the studio was this all just a big workaround no it wasn't i didn't know you guys were gonna do energy drinks that's crazy i didn't know we were doing this segment okay, this okay. was the first thing that came yeah, to my mind the same right. here Oh, you guys got to be better on the fly than that. Because my first one, hands down, is White Claw. Oh, to get White Claw to sponsor oh, the podcast. Whoa, whoa, White Claw whoa. is you're gonna, hot, the you're gonna, hottest in the streets right now, baby. You're going to bash us for choosing energy products, but you chose White Claw? Don't you dare come at White Claw. White Claw is I'm not incredible. coming at it, but I'm just like, if you're going to bash us for that, we got to bust your balls a little bit for picking White Claw. Go ahead. What's wrong with White Claw? In the words of Trevor Wallace. Basically just a vegan for loco. It's like a four loco that went to private school. No, it's not. It's, it's not like is, an energy that drink. That's a good analogy. I no, like that. No, it's not. What is it then? White Claw spiked seltzer. Four loco is spiked gasoline. It's different. White Claw's, it's refreshing. Uh, it's, it's certainly not bad. You can't it's defend it. You can't I, defend it. It doesn't need defending. It White Claw is like twisted tea. No, it's me. not. No, yes, it's not. it is. No, it's not. Twisted tea and Mike's there's nothing Hard wrong lemonade. with it. It's, it's twisted Mike's tea. Hard Lemonade is totally different. Mike's Hard Lemonade is for like... Uh, Divorce moms, but well, White Claw is twisted. Sorry, that's a good me, lawyer. Sorry, Mike. Sorry, you telling me that divorce moms don't drink White Claws? No, they don't. White Claws is for the kids. White Claws is for the boys. No, 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 dude. There's no laws when you're drinking claws. God damn it! Definitely White Claws. You're gonna be my first one. The amount of um, posts I've seen with that caption. Exactly, it's hot in the streets right now. We bump our subscriptions and everything. People would listen to us if we gave away some free White Claws. People would be buying. I'll give you that. I will give you that. Yeah, it would be the best for our sponsorship. And who doesn't plus, love White Claws? Plus, we can get a, a few more ladies listening in. So, what do you mean? No, White Claws is a guy drink too. Nope, ladies. Ladies also love the claws. So. Ladies demographic. White Claw is what's it called? Ambidextrous. It's for both guys and girls. Can you use ambidextrous there? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, and then, okay, so it's a snake. So I got white claw. Can I steal your pen real quick? Yeah, go ahead. i write this down. So white claw. Oh, so we all get four picks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then um, after a white claw, the Philadelphia Eagles. So why not? Naturally. Tremendous yeah. sponsor. Yeah, of course. The, that one doesn't even need explaining. Like having the best sports team in Philadelphia sponsor our podcast. I don't know if. We could be the official it? podcast Eagles, the the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, it's a big sponsorship. Big sponsorship. I'm dreaming big here. It's this isn't like this is your Mount Rushmore, man. Okay. You don't look at Abraham Lincoln and be like, oh, okay, big time presidents, <laughs> big time moves, big time Mount Rushmores. What's your second pick, Maddie? My second pick. Hmm. I'll go. I will go. Epic Comcast Spectator. You mean Spectacor? Spectacor. Maybe say that so again. Comcast. Comcast Spectator. Okay. They own the Flyers, so. All right. Now, now it comes back to me. Yep. I I need uh I need a Wawa sponsorship. Oh, Wawa sponsorship, oh yes. Can you imagine? Yeah, that'd be incredible. You you might have taken one of mine. So Wawa. And then is it back to me? Uh yeah, you get another one. Hmm. I don't. <laughs> 
I don't want to do another energy drink, but Red Bull is pretty cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> How tired are you guys? I'm not tired. Just Red Bull's Jesus a sick sponsorship. Christ. Yeah, I mean, Red Bull's oh, cool. Like, if we had a Kyle in here, everything he energy would, drinks? I mean, if we had a Kyle in here, all four of his things would be Monster. So. Yeah, monster I was four times. Monster. monster. Dude, I drank one of those once. I, actually, I drank a few of them, but I just didn't sleep for so long. I don't touch those energy drinks, man. I got enough myself. Black Ops 4 energy. came out, and they had the double XP for like an hour on the inside of the caps. Mm-hmm. So I would buy like four of them. Just I, I didn't realize what they were doing to me when I was drinking them, <laughs> and then I just was up all night and I wasn't sleeping. That's all right. We'll we'll get you down, uh, crash, but you can have some glitch energy to bring you back up. See, that's yeah. what Nad Reed would sound like, guys. Glitch energy. If you want to sponsor us, go for it. Wildcat, please. All right, what do you got, Natty? All right, this one is just to piss you off. I put Bang Energy Drink. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Is this just... So, so Bang is a different energy drink because they what they do is that they get uh, they get rid of all the sugar and they get rid of all the bad shit that you typically find in energy drinks. They put creatine and other gray supplements inside the drink. So it's an energy drink for people who work out. So next time you go to the gym uh, as part of your pre-workout prep, Drink Bang, and you will feel tremendous. So that's why I got to go with Bang Energy Drinks. And they have like 20 different flavors, everything from super sweet ones like cotton candy to more traditional ones like your standard, you know, grape, berry, and uh, any flavor under the sun they probably have. They have a champagne one now. I hear that one's kind of cool. So, yeah, Bang Energy. If you're listening to us, you guys would be a great sponsor. <laughs> that The look on your face. Dad's you do that right now, Connor. Dad's disappointed. <laughs> How tired are you guys? You guys need to what, get like energy, eight hours. What of sleep. bangs in? Air, it's an energy drink for you guys. Who go to the gym? You would love it. You, you guys were, aren't. You guys aren't thinking big enough. <laughs> not worried about that. I might do like something gym for my guys. Red Bull is one of the sickest sponsorships ever, and you know it. No, Red Bull. Plus, you got Red Bull is a popular sponsorship. You got to pick stuff that may not ever sponsor us, but. It's on the dream list. That's why. That's, that's like why saying I also want doctor's be- great career, but you want to be a fucking astronaut. That's why my third. I pick, mean, astronaut's also a great career too. So, yeah, but that's like shooting even higher. That's why my third pick is the Lila's Gentlemen's Club. Oh boy, that goes hand in hand with Bang because the Bang Boost Girls. <laughs> goes Ooh. Hand in hand with Bang. Ooh. You got to word that a little bit better, buddy. Do do I? Yeah. But the the Bang Booth Girls that could go hand in hand with Delilah's, So. And, ooh, I get a fourth pick. So, White Claw, Philadelphia Eagles, Delilah's. It's a tough one. You got to think big here, man. Uh, I got a good one. Okay, my fourth sponsorship is uh, Dacker Montgomery, the guy who plays Billy on Stranger Things. He's going to sponsor us. Why do you know He's that guy? A sponsor. What do you mean, why do I? Do you watch Stranger Things? Yeah. So you know that guy. I mean, yeah, but I didn't. I never took the time to find out his name. It's in every like title sequence. You watch those? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is a skip. The title open. Yeah, the title opening to Stranger Things is fucking dope. If you skip that, that's just disrespect to all the work that the. Uh, I haven't watched that since the first episode of the first season. Really? Yeah. Oh, keep watching it. That bangs. That's like skipping the Game of Thrones intro. We did that too. Oh my god. I've only seen Game of Thrones like once, so it's absolutely ridiculous. No, just. I want to. Is it us sponsoring him? Him sponsoring us? Yeah, him sponsoring us. Yeah, I want him. We can't sponsor anybody. I want him. Or to can just, we? I want him to just throw us like ten dollars an episode for us to just like either get his name in here or like uh, I don't even know. 
Dude's a man rocket. He's hot in the streets right now. So, Dacker Montgomery, if you want to be on the podcast, give us a ring. But yeah, Is that, that man rocket? Absolutely. What does that mean? It means he's a very attractive gentleman. Coming from Mrs. Wheeler? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Wheeler's a big fan. It's a shame. Nah, I don't want to spoil. Can we give Stranger Things spoilers now? Has it been long enough? I think it has. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Billy doesn't... But she didn't go, right? She didn't actually go to the hotel to meet Billy? Is I don't think she did because she got sure? all dressed up. And then she said the next day when she saw him, she's like, I'm sorry I didn't go or whatever. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So okay. I was going to say Billy was a car crash away from piping out Mrs. Wheeler. But, uh, yo, Mike and Nancy's mom, she got to get her shit together. She's a home-wrecking bitch. Dude, my absolute favorite Stranger Things character is um, Todd, the dad. Oh, yeah. Mr. Wheeler? Yeah. Dude, so funny. He's just got those big, thick glasses, has no Uh idea what's going on, just like waddles around every once in a while. Yeah, he's something. Yeah, well, that's why she... Sorry, Todd, but your wife's trying to bang 18-year-olds. But anyway... Is he 18? Hopefully. Hopefully? (laughs) Hopefully Stranger Things is not having like... Yeah, he's got to be 18. He's out of high school because Steve's out of high school and they were same grade. So he seems like the kind of person who would be like held back, though. He looks like somebody who'd be like nineteen, yeah, well, almost be, twenty. Yeah, I was gonna say being held back doesn't make you younger, though. He's definitely eighteen. Cool. Well, that's my fourth one. Let's finish out Mount Rushmore and then wrap up fact check. Who? What's your last one? All right, my fourth one. If it's another energy drink, it's I not swear to en- Christ, either of you. Hmm. Might have to change. It's mine. not another energy drink. I'm down between two. Neither of them really make any sense because they're both shooting for the stars to some degree. But F it, I'll go with 97.5 The Fanatic. Oh, there we go. Because we're all huge fans of that on this show. We're a very yeah. pro-Fanatic podcast. So even though we're hardly taking away some of your listeners who are listening live right now. So sorry about that. You guys are awesome over there. Yep. Appreciate you guys. Everyone from the morning show to Joe Torrey at night. So... Appreciate you guys. Okay, my final sponsorship is GoPro. They could send us some face cams and stuff. Oh, that'd be that dope. Is, that's a good... Get some good content. Yeah. Can, can, hey, GoPro, can you send us like 10,000 cameras because that way we can get some more angles in here? Yeah, that'd be great. Just we'll be, It'd be great for our video demo reels. It would be like the most... Uh, the podcast with the most angles. <laughs> See everything. Wait, dude, you give Top me... Angle oh, wait. You've given me an idea. You know the 360 cams? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, that'd be dope. That you, would be pretty cool. You've given me another idea. What? We can set a world record for the podcast that use the most cameras at once. How many cameras is that? I don't know, but we can do some research or make it part of the fact check. Yeah, because I have yeah. nothing down for the fact you check. You have nothing at all, dude? I'm sorry. Come you on. guys honestly didn't say too many facts. There was, well, there is something we can check we can probably add there. Yeah, the fact that you guys said White Claw isn't delicious. Fact check that. No, I never said that. Oh, so it is delicious. I've had it like once. Is it delicious? No, but I felt like a girl. <laughs> I was going to say one thing you can add to the fact check is, is Puig the first player in MLB history to get involved in a fight after he got traded? I, it's like, got it. The first person be. to get like in a fight while like, he's not actually on the team kind of thing? Yeah. He's got to be. There's always that rumor or like the urban legend about someone getting traded while they're on base and needing a pinch run for them. What are the chances of a dude getting traded mid-game and then there being a fight? 
and then them being involved, like heavily involved. Very slim. He's got to be the first. By the way, if you're with us on Twitch or you're going to be checking out any clips from this on YouTube, I'm rocking a fire outfit right now. I'm a visor guy, so you can see the Do we post this to YouTube? Not yet, but we can. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, we can put it up there, get a little YouTube channel going. Do we want to do it the same way we do Twitch? Like include like the quote-unquote behind-the-scenes stuff as well or edit them in uh, Premiere? We could edit them a little bit. We don't want everyone to see all the magic that happens back here. Yeah, magic. Magic. Total magic. All right. I've got uh, Puig, the only player, well, he's not on a team to get in a fight. And then the podcast with the most cameras. Okay, if you can find out the podcast with the most cameras and give us a number to beat, if you can look that up, we'll give it to you. Okay. Let's see. Should we do in the meantime? Rock, paper, scissors, best two out of three. Hey, that's me and Kevin's thing. Fuck. Did you guys see us doing that? No. Did you do it? I did. Me and Kevin have been playing uh, rock, paper, scissors while you guys talk. It's mostly when I'm I'm talking hockey, so. Yeah. Understandable. (laughs) Fuck. It's horseshit. Yes. He's cheating. How am I cheating? It's rock, paper, scissors. It's ridiculous. You're waiting an extra time. We're going to cut that out of live that's like saying That's like saying you cheat in roulette. No, we're going to cut that. You can cheat in roulette. How? I don't know. Magnets. I found nothing. So I say if we get at least 10 in here, we'll be breaking some right I mean, right now we have more than nothing. What do we have? Five? We have three. Well, four. Four cameras, and we used yeah, two field. one's not on. We've used two field cameras. Well, we can turn oh, it on. Yeah, you're right. We, we're well, we've had four cameras What's our record? Point. Is six? Our record is six. Okay. And Kevin has one at home, so he can bring that in. So that'll be seven. All right, so if you're listening to this. I have a GoPro. Ooh. We all have phones. Oh. Phones have cameras. Yeah. So, But, hey, we didn't find anything, and there's no proof out there that any other podcast has ever been filmed. So, yeah, we're the world that leader. No in, other podcast has ever no, been filmed can't prove ever. It. We're the world leader in most podcast angle, video angles ever. So, a world leading podcast here on the Jetro Pod. We're going to wrap up. Next week, we are going to preview the Eagles' first preseason game. We're going to be talking an actual football game. We're going to have more Phillies news for you. We're going to talk more about Ben Simmons' jump shots, maybe what he had for breakfast because everyone's up his ass so much. Uh, and we're just going to hopefully have an interview with uh, the model that we were talking about last time. Yeah, there have been some scheduling problems. Uh, first, sorry, with her now, this could be a little bit of a scheduling problem with us, too, because you're going away. So Yeah, I am going to be in Detroit next weekend uh, visiting one of my buddies, going to go catch a Tigers game, see America Park. So if we have anyone up in the 313 that's a listener, come hang out and don't murder me, I guess. <laughs> uh, but that's going to do it for this week. We're going to wrap it up now, run a little bit over. Uh, You guys take it easy, and we'll talk to you next week.